Welcome back to Chapter 2 of Rewriting Her Story. We're your hosts, Mari and Steph. We're back and ready to share more life experiences, discuss mental health issues we all face, as well as interviewing special guests. Join us this season as we dig deeper into vulnerability and get out of our comfort zones. Buckle up, bitches. Hello! Today is the best day ever for myself <laughs> because I have two of my not immediate family, the most important people in my fucking life. So this is like, I feel so supported right now. Like, I feel like I might turn this into a therapy <laughs> session for myself. For Mari, actually, yes, so. I might just be like, let's talk about our relationships because <laughs> it means the world to me, <laughs> right? Like, again, aside from my immediate family and Sophia, but then we'll lump stuff in. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but like, uh, I have known, and this is going to also be weird for us too, I have two staffs who are so extremely important in my life. So I haven't figured out how I'm going to differentiate well, them. Maybe I'll just with say an F and Steph with a PH, but they're not going to know yes. the difference. Yes. <laughs> so, so Steph Bugs Mom is Steph with an F and Steph, my, my person is Steph with a PH, right? So, and this is a hard thing too, is because they're both my people, but it's like for such different reasons, but I just ugh, I love them so much. Anyways, now let's get into the reason as to why I have both of them on on video. So this is episode 85. This is the new year, new year, new me. Mm -hmm. We're so excited to be continuing with our interviewing series. And I thought, I was so jazzed up for this. I thought, what would be better than having a finance episode? right? And maybe turn it into a financial series type thing. Who knows? But I was like, I struggled so hard. Like when I turned 18, I went fucking wild with what was your like, first credit card. Old lady. Mine was Express. I don't even Old Navy Express, it. but everybody's like, no. go to Express, you'll get a credit card. I'm like, okay, bet. Yeah, and I did. I did. I, when I tell you, <laughs> when I tell you I had it upwards of like, and Steph has seen way worse, way, way worse. Steph with a PH has seen way worse. Um of like how many credit cards people have actually had. But I had like upwards of like 20 credit cards at one point for like all the different like, but I didn't use all of them at the same yeah. time, but like all the different stores and like, that's not fucking okay. But anyways, so I at 18 went wild, right? And I have always struggled with like how to budget finances, like what that looks like. I never yeah. understood the concept of money. Like my mom and dad are both very, very, very hard workers. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to be able to um, be like them. And I was a hard worker, right? Work ethic is a huge thing. So I went and did that. But then like no one taught me what I should be doing with that money. So I feel like an asshole. So the purpose of this episode is we're inviting Steph to come and discuss finances because Steph, I feel like I've said this multiple times, but I, it bears repeating all the time, bear bags repeating whatever the fucking way to say that is, is that I am so impressed, enamored, like just in love with the way that you budget and the way that you have just understood finance from what seems like a very young age. And I'm not sure we're going to get into how that came to be, but just like the way that you are with money is just beyond impressive to me. So I, when I thought of the finance series, I was like, they're stuff done. She's coming on the podcast. So welcome, Stephanie Nistler. Hello. 
I love you so much. I love you too. And I love you too, Steph with an F. I, oh, yes. I love you. <laughs> love Steph too. with an F. It's like a, a Dr. Seuss rhyme. So I love it. Let's, let's start. How did you get into finance? How, how did that even come to be? Um, I'm a math nerd. Girl, <laughs> we are not the same. Sophie, we are not the same. I am no. so far from being a math person. Oh my God. It's the same. So I tell people why I became a therapist because there's no math. <laughs> no, um, when I was young, I just really liked doing math. Like my mom and me would be at the store and this was back in the day when cash was like mm-hmm. the number one payment yeah. method, right? Yeah. So my mom would always try to see if I could beat the cash register to figure out the total and to figure out what the change would be. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. So I was really fast with just mental math when I was a kid. And then as I was taking math classes through all like the normal 12 grades or whatever, Mm -hmm. I loved it. And when I went into college, I actually wanted to go into actuarial science, which is like 99.9% math to Mm -hmm. assess risk for businesses. That's what I thought that was. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But so... (laughs) When I was like 12, you know, it, I don't know if you guys had this where your mom like had the talk about life with you. Yeah. <laughs> no, Ka- Kathleen was just at her third job for the day. So she was like, figure it the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> so I vividly remember at like 12 years old, my mom worked at restaurants all my childhood. Yeah. And at like 12, like 12, like 10, 12 years old, I'm sitting in one of our living rooms and this is like 10 p.m. She comes home from work and she's like, you know, I really want to talk to you about being a woman I'm just like, you're like we're doing this right now okay you, you were like you were like my period or she was like oh no no math oh no she started off with my period and then it ended up a financial question it was a weird if you knew my mom that was my mom but she was the best <laughs> but essentially what it came down to is she talked about being a woman being someone that needed to be um able to like handle their own stuff because she never was able to do that like up Mm -hmm. her entire life like probably the last 20 years was when she was the best at her finances Mm -hmm. but she got married young got pregnant young had a baby young that she was always overextended and so Mm -hmm. although we never wanted for anything that led to a lot of problems with my with my parents not like not between them but like debt yeah bills collections and things like that that because I was so math minded, my mom and me and my mom were extremely close that she would kind of give me an eye into that. And so like at 12 years old, I started thinking in the back of my head of like, okay, I need to be really good at finances. I need to make sure that I don't rely on anyone. Sure. Yes. Yes. Um, So I went into school to be an actuarial scientist and I I can give more background on this if you'd like, but I decided to go to UW Parkside, mm-hmm. which is a very small school in Kenosha, Wisconsin. It's I a UW. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a UW certified school, but mm-hmm. like it gets this, it gets this rep for being a such a rep. small school. And yeah. Yeah. I just was like, I don't care. It's a UW certified school. Like it's, it's affordable and it mm-hmm. has the classes to become an actuary like it would give me all the background to do it but when I was going to school I hated the math department 
And this is me and my own opinion. Sure. I cannot say this enough that this does not reflect on anyone but myself. Sure. Yes. Um, the math department was extremely sexist and oh, very difficult to function with. So I was one class short of a math minor when I, and you know me, I'm not yeah. a quitter. I was no. like, no. I was like, no, I'm not doing this. So I switched my focuses to business and economics, which mm. because anytime you go into math, they highly suggest that you combine it with one of those other two. And I'm an overachiever. So I did the other two. And when we were going through that, I had two kind of choices. I could either go the economics route, mm -hmm. which was looking at the economy, working at the Fed, that kind of sure. stuff, mm -hmm. uh, being an analyst for a bigger company, or I could go the financial route, which kind of also would have been the Federal Reserve, which was one of my goals at one point, or I could work at a financial institution, which is where I ended up going. Yes. Interesting. Long story long. There you go. You got no, it. No, but it makes sense. <laughs> long story long. It makes sense. And it, I don't know. It, I think that's really fucking cool. Yeah. I love it. I, I, you know, I, I never wanted for anything in my childhood. So mm -hmm. a lot of the struggles that I see with people coming out is stuff that I can't personally relate with. Sure. Sure except that my parents went through that and tried to hide it. Mm. Interesting. And so when I started working where I work now, I started off just as like a basic um, person that could work on accounts, could work on loans, mm -hmm. could work as a teller, could do kind of all of it. Mm -hmm. And my focus really got into wanting to work on loans because I saw a member of the loan area do like a huge consolidation for a member that lowered their payments by like a thousand dollars a month consolidated everything into into my institution that I work sure. for mm -hmm. that I was like I didn't realize that was a thing mm -hmm. and that was six years ago and I have never looked back <laughs> well and it's like you're in the business of doing something that makes people feel relief and feel good you know what I'm saying yes. and like that feels nice to be able to like tell yes. somebody like you are going to have more financial freedom or like you're going to see the other side sooner than you thought which I think mm -hmm. is amazing and I mm -hmm. I love that and I'm very lucky to work for an institution that I don't ever feel pressured to lie that's awesome mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if if we don't provide the best service or that for some reason I can't do it because of our guidelines I can flat out tell someone I'm sorry like you're getting a better interest rate here you're getting a better sure. payment where you're at mm -hmm. or you know this is why I can't approve you and be very frank with them about it and I love that aspect well, it's a respectable I was, thing exactly exactly and it's really hard to think of helping people in a way other than mental health, physical health, sure. doctor, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. I actually get to see a lot of the outcome of people that have gotten themselves into financial binds or some mm -hmm. going through traumatic life events that I'm actually able to help with. And I'm like, oh my God, I get to help people. Yeah, I, I am a helper but, as well. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> when I filed bankruptcy last year in 2021, like I started at the end of 2020 and it was finalized in 2021. While that was one of the most stressful experiences of my life because of how much information they need yes. it was also like so emotionally freeing to be like I, it's done it's done mm -hmm. now I can't have credit cards I don't need them because I can't be trusted with them so just mm -hmm. fucking get over it right I can't mm -hmm. buy a house tomorrow that's fine but 
yeah, I think if I had been taught, not that my parents didn't teach me how to be responsible with money. They did basically just told me don't get credit cards. And I was like, I'm going to get them anyways. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and make some bad choices. Um, but I think if I would have been taught more about, I don't know, like how to be smart with your money, which sounds like exactly what you do. I think mm-hmm. things would have probably been different. I'm just so like, I'm sad. I'm going to go shopping person. So that's no, yeah, no, 100%. And I think it's about too, like learning different coping skills to replace yes. that urge to want to have this. It, it all boils down to instant gratification, right? Sure. We are in a society where I, if I want, you know, a bottle of wine delivered to my house in an hour, I can have that. If I want to immediately watch this game that's playing over in, you know, overseas and I don't get it, I can sign up for the thing and get it immediately. Like money, money will get you anything in this world besides like stability and happiness. (laughs) Like like spending, I should say, spending will get you anything in this world besides like stability and happiness. So it's such a huge thing. I think, Steph, when did I meet you? You were, were you like 16, 17? How old were you? I was 18. 18. I do this every single time. Fucking 18. How old were you? But, six when we met? Or yeah. <laughs> actually, were you, I was still in the womb. You were four and a half, right? Like I, I held you as a baby for the first time. Yeah. Was it? Was that I it? Was, I was smoking a cigar, <laughs> dealing money. <laughs> I was at Potawatomi handing out cards. <laughs> um, Steph came to work at the restaurant that we both used to work at when she was 18, and I was a, a waitress. And we don't need to get into the the schematics about how shitty I was in the beginning. Uh, but I was just putting her through the ringer to see if she was going to be a good employer. Not not that I was the owner of the business, but I was at that point so sick of the busters that we had had. I was like, I'm not fucking making friends with another one. I'm not. We'll see. We'll see. If she can fucking be a good worker, then maybe I will. And now here we are, I don't know, 82 years later. Just, I'm, I'm obsessed with I'm her. I'm 32. <laughs> okay, so three years younger than Okay. Mm-hmm. Like obsessed with her, like love you so much. Anyways, so I the the first time that we really started talking about budgeting, or, or like not talking about, but like that I paid attention to how good you were with money was when when you told me that whether or not I don't know if this is necessarily true, but this is how I remember it is that you didn't take out loans for college; you just paid your tuition. Yourself? Yes. What? Stephanie, when I tell you, I like literally shit my pants. I was like, I'm sorry, you just paid for your semester? And she was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how? And she was like, saving. And I was like, that's not real. <laughs> what else did you do? And she you was know like, when I was best saved. at saving money when I was like 12, 13, 14, and I was babysitting all summer and I would mm-hmm. save my money all summer to go school shopping. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, once I got a real job at like 15, 16, Saving was like, no, I'm not doing that. I want to go hang well, out with my friends. I want to go well, shopping. Yeah. And money wasn't real. Like yeah. when, when I was working as much as I was, as young as I was, I was like, this isn't real. This is not real. Like, this is monopoly money. Like how am I bringing in this much money? Like my check is $500. And back then in the fucking early 2000s, it was like, that could get you a shit ton of things. Like, whereas now it's like, uh, you can probably get a bag of oranges and a gas, probably. but that's about it. Yes. But so that, that was the first time that I was like, are you fucking kidding That's me? That's fucking impressive, dude. Isn't it? <laughs> I do want to clarify. I took out loans for my first two years. My last two and a half years, I did not. So I just so, want to. I just want to clarify still. that. <laughs> yeah. I, Here, St- Stephanie, do you have those school loans? Are you still paying on them? Okay. Okay. Have you been paying on them the past five years at all? 
Okay. So have she didn't take out loans, do you, basically. Do you take out loans? Like, have you do a car loan or do you like pay for cars in cash? No, no, I don't. Okay. I don't. Or are you Jeff? Are you Jeff? Do you just pay for cars no, in cash? Is that weird? I, no, I do take out loans. I just, if I prioritize them okay. a lot. And I've been very lucky that when I was in, when I was in, I was going to say high school, hopefully in high school, but when I was in college, <laughs> I still lived at home with my parents. So sure. I wasn't paying rent and I was able to use their car a lot. And gotcha. so all of my money was being pumped into savings. And then once it got to the point that I was like 22, I was like, I should probably buy my own car. <laughs> I should probably do that. But once I got it, I had this immediate feeling. This is not the appropriate feeling to have at this. <laughs> I had this minute of dread because I was like, oh my God, that's expensive. Yes. <laughs> so I <laughs> adopted this kind of mentality that it was like, I know that I only have to make the minimum payment, but Right now, I have nothing on my docket that I need the money for. I'm throwing everything I got at it. So that's so I do take out loans. I do have credit cards. I've had vehicle loans. Um, but yes, I just I just try to pay them off faster okay. than normal, which goes a lot into my lifestyle. I'm a very simple woman. <laughs> she is a very fucking frugal person. When I tell you, we just. We just went to Firefly together. I fucking love you so much. She, <laughs> I, I realized that we we went to Firefly, had Firefly, and then we got to to DC, and I was like, bitch, I don't have any fucking pajamas. I left my pajamas in the fucking car, and we valeted the car, and I was like, I'm not fucking going downstairs again. So she was, I was like, I have another shirt from her financial institution that she works at, and she was like, they're free, and I just keep using them. It's like she's she's so she's like my sister. They're so frugal in that sense of like fuck do I need new clothes for that sounds dumb as fuck I would rather go on this oh, vacation or yeah I I li- I try I will and I've done very well and we'll get into that of like how how we really came to be like interlocked best friends of like my journey but I her and my sister very much so are the the people who have like are like no I would rather I would rather do this or pay for this or like this is my priority when I'm like food and nails and pretty things um that brings me joy so I will buy that thank you (laughs) and then I'll just stress the fuck out about this ever looming debt that isn't going away um but I can't see it so out of sight out of mind (laughs) object permanence when you did what you called your pilgrim budget and what was it 2016 it was 20 18. So I, let's no, say this. Oh, it was before that. Wasn't no, it? it wasn't because I got divorced in 2016, 2016. And then I got hit with, um, the 2017, tax thing, right? 2017 yeah. tax year I owed. And then 2018, I owed 2019. I owed. So 2018, the summer of 2018 was a summer of hell. My air conditioner broke. I pulled all the muscles um, in one of my rhomboids, which cross over one of your shoulder blades and then something else that, Oh, my water heater went out. And so I literally was like, I like, and my property taxes have always been high. So my property taxes, since I've moved in 12 years ago, so there's fluctuation in 12 years, September was 12 years in this house, there is fluctuation. So I think they've gone up 1500 
since I've been here. Yeah. So now I'm at, almost, I pay 4,800 in taxes, almost five grand a year in taxes. So in 2018, in the summer, when I needed a new air conditioner, which was $2,600, I needed a new water heater, which by the great, it would have been 800, but by the grace of God, my cousins were remodeling a house. They have a thing. This water heater was barely used and the homeowner didn't want it. So they gave it to me. And then something else was going on. I don't know. And then I've, I, like, obviously I had credit cards that I did not manage appropriately, wasn't doing well. It was just like paying minimum or trying to like pay. Like I would take well, and it was all like of private practice, right? Of pathways. Uh-huh. It was 2017. Okay. And then, and then fully May, May, 2018, I left, um, Rogers and then came to pathways. So then it was like adjusting to yep. only getting paid once a month. And then, yep. And then like not treating my waitressing money as like, like free for all or like doing whatever I wanted with it. And, or then I would like, so I would say I would have, okay, I've got $800 left, left for the month, which at the time I didn't know. Now I know. But at the time I was like, uh, I would just take all that money and put it on credit cards, leaving me with absolutely nothing, thus racking the credit cards back up again. And I'd be like, why is this happening to me? And Steph was like, oh, I think it's pretty obvious. Like, and I'm like, no, I don't, I don't see it. So then 2018 came summer of hell. And then I was like, Oh my fucking God. Oh my God. I have to pay property taxes. Mm -hmm. I haven't been, cause the place that, um, where I, um, I don't know if I was, no, I hadn't refinanced to the new place yet. So I feel like I, I had some money in an escrow account. Um, but like, I was like, I'm not going to be able to afford any of this. I don't even know what to do. Like, how do I even get out of this? Like, it was to the point where I was like, should I sell my fucking house? Like, what do I do? Mm-hmm. And so I went to stuff and had a very, very humble, humble moment of like, bitch, what do I do? What do I do? How the fuck do I even begin to climb out of this? So she was like, okay. And this is the thing that I love and appreciate so much about stuff is that she is a Libra. She's very balanced when it comes to things that she like is passionate about and she like loves about. Yes. Yes. <laughs> right. Like, so, and Tara is the same way with finances, but I felt like I couldn't go to Tara just sure. because my own, like, she's going to judge me. Of course. And like, whereas like Steph was just very, very, um, matter of fact. like even scale about it. Like, yeah, very matter of fact of like, okay, let's sit down. Let's talk about this. And she was like, here's the thing. You have to be entirely honest with me because I cannot help you if you're not being entirely honest with me. Sure. So this process isn't going to be fun. And you, I'm going to say things that you do not like. And it's up to you whether or not you make these choices or decisions. It doesn't affect me. I want to help you. My best friend, I, I would love to see you thrive. But like, ultimately, you have to make these decisions and choices. And I, I can't do that for you. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I can do this. And I really do feel like I did commit that time, like wholeheartedly. Yeah. I went to her before and I did not commit, <laughs> but I can't even remember. Maybe that was, I don't, I don't know when that was. Maybe it was when I was still married or maybe before I, maybe there's like two or three times I probably went to her, but that time I was like, no, I literally am in the frying pan right now. And I have no idea like what the end of the year is going to look like. What, like, what is, how am I even going to do this? So what we did is I took all my bills <laughs> And I have to make that gesture because there's all the bills <laughs> and we wrote them all out. We wrote what's good. Cause she was like, well, what's all going on? And I was like, I don't know. Lots. She was like, no, you should know that number Mari off the top of your head. Like, sure. It will fluctuate occasionally. And I was like, I really don't know. Like I can tell you what my bills cost. I don't know what the total number is. I don't know what's on this credit card. I've been avoiding it because I don't want to know how much that is or what the balance looks like. 
So took it all, wrote it all out, wrote what's coming in, wrote like estimates of what that's going to look like. And then she started to teach me how to like write things down that you needed to write down that you don't think about, right? Like I never budgeted for like toilet paper. I never budgeted for that. Never budgeted for people's birthdays or presents. I didn't budget for my water bill. It's a bill, bitch. Like it's coming around again. But I was like, oh my God, three months later and I just got slammed with this bill out of nowhere. And it's like, you knew it was coming, whatever. So I had a whole like coming to Jesus moment with myself, but like taught me how to budget for those things. Taught me how to put money away. And then taught me how to be okay with using my savings for things that are needed to be used to like to use your savings for like, Which cause you got that on to me because you're like, yes. this is what you have a savings for. So when yes. you have a brand new tire or what now doing office stuff and I yes. have to be okay with like, it's there for a reason versus yes. I can't touch it. Yes, it was, it was wild. And I remember <laughs> I remember passing my first thousand in savings and I was like, oh my God. And she was like, oh, I'm so proud of you. And I was like, I'm rich. And she was like, moment. she was like, whoa, whoa, no, you are not. <laughs> no, no, you, that's not your money, Mari. That is your savings. Like you, that is not disposable. You don't view that as like money that you have. It's there, but you like, and I was like, oh, you're right. <laughs> I am not rich. I'm rich in savings. And she was like, good reframe. Like, but don't touch that fucking savings account. So then, then I branched off now out of my pilgrim budget into what works for me. Like, so I think what works for me is being able to see, I have multiple savings accounts and it feels better for me to see it all split up. Like I have a savings account for my water bill. I have a savings account for my business. I have a savings account for revolving bills that come out of my business. I have a savings account for travel, for health, for my car. And I feel like that's all like I have. Yeah, I think I have five and then two. So seven total because I I, in my brain for me to function, I need to see it all separately. Because if I just see that lump sum number, I'm like, there's wiggle room in there. I can use some of that. And, and I have to teach my brain to know like, no, bitch, you cannot use some of that. Like there's specific reasonings as to why you separate your money. But Steph's guidance through it all was unbelievably helpful and necessary because I would, I would say, okay, this is how much money I made. What do I do with it now? And like, that's what helped me learn how to budget. Like I would say, okay, I made this much extra in my, in, you know, so say I waitress for the weekend. I, you know, okay, I'm bringing home 420. You know, we budgeted 160, the one night and 200, the one night. So that, you know, 360, but I have 420 now. I'm, I, what is that? 60 bucks extra. 60. I, I'm so terrible with math. <laughs> so I, I was like, I have 60 bucks extra. What do I do? Like, tell me what to do with it. And in the beginning, she would tell me what to do. But then it would be like, because I was being so honest, I was being so open, there would be moments where I got rewarded. <laughs> and she'd be like, take that and do something. I'd be like, oh my God, I'm rich. Like, I would either go get food or a shirt or something. But then it got to the point after like those moments, she'd be like, do whatever you want with it. And I'd be like, I'm going to put it in my savings. And she'd be like, silent when you're learning because in the beginning like oh there's so many times where I was like but I really want to do this and she was like okay 
you can do that if you want to and just like, know oh, now the shame so yeah. I'm done. I was, she was like you can do it if you want but yeah I mean I you know what your goals are and I can't make that decision for you and I was like I respect that I was like I needed that <laughs> I don't I don't like it but I needed that I needed it so I I feel like I have come such 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 a long way for being able to budget and like I like okay every every now and then maybe like once a year or twice a year I'll randomly like put on Facebook and just be tagging stuff in it and thanking her because <laughs> I I just get to these moments where it's like like I think too even when I got my office of being like none of this would have been ever fucking possible without your guidance and being able to understand how money works and like how how just a, a budget is so fucking necessary to your life. So my big question to you, which I think would help a lot of people is, well, there's two, there's a two-parter. So the first one is, is what are certain factors that you need to take into consideration when you're starting to look at like, okay, I'm going to do, I'm, I'm thinking about doing a budget. Be realistic. Yes. And you have to be very, and it, it, you have to be very honest and realistic with what your needs versus what your wants are. Yes. Okay. Because that is the biggest trip up I think that people under don't get. It's like, I need to get my nails done. It's like, no, you want it. Like, I totally understandable want. Yes. Sure. I, I, I need Starbucks. Do we? <laughs> you want Starbucks and that's, yeah. and that's okay. And you know, it's just to be, that's my biggest probably piece of advice is to be just very honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. Take a second and write it down. Everything, mm-hmm. write it all down. Mm-hmm. Take a week's worth of spending and write down what you spent it on mm-hmm. and then be real, very realistic. One thing I'd like to point out about Mari's budget is I, it was not always sunshine and rainbows. There was a lot no. of tears and difficult moments and in the beginning, we had tried doing a budget for her two times where she just wasn't ready. And I'm not mm-hmm. going to push, I'm not going to shift my thought process when mm-hmm. I'm helping someone do a budget. So if she doesn't mm-hmm. want to stick to it, that's fine. It doesn't affect me. Mm-hmm. It affects you and your Correct. future. And I, I vividly remember you had, you were still at Rogers at the time. Mm-hmm. You had gone over to Target and you sent me a picture of sunglasses. Mm-hmm. And you were like, I really want these. I'm going to get them. And I was like, oh. <laughs> oh, man. Like, and at that moment, that was like the moment that stopped the budget. Because she could tell I wasn't judging her. But I was just mm-hmm. like. Do you need you that? You don't need do that. Do you want you, that? You have 75 pairs of sunglasses. Yeah. Already. And at that time, I did. Uh-huh. I did. I had like 10. Yeah. For what? <laughs> but a lot of people disregard the little stuff. Your Netflix, yeah. subscri- your Netflix subscription. Subscriptions. Yes. Like they do. And I know my ex had literally 10, I 10 subscriptions and I'm and totally fine. If that is totally fine, especially if mm-hmm. that keeps you from going out and spending a hundred dollars on the movies every week. If that keeps you from going out to the bar and racking up a $200 bill there. Like, yeah, it's also about balance. Sure. Mm-hmm. So it's, Realistic and balance would be my two biggest points about that is 
you also, it's just like a diet. You can't fully deprive yourself of something mm-hmm. without craving it yes. mm-hmm. because it's just, and yes. that, that's, and that's the reason that I brought up the sunglasses. It was like, well, if I can't get the sunglasses, what's the even point of doing all of this? Cause I'm never yeah. going to be able to get sunglasses ever again. If I do this with Stephanie mm-hmm. and it's like, you're catastrophizing, but like, mm-hmm. I, I, I get it. It's like, I get it. Eventually Mm -hmm. you will be able to get those. Yes. Yes. But right now you need to buy food. Mm -hmm. Sure. You have to eat. Not a priority. I mean, without eating, you look great. (laughs) Don't just fall off. Nothing to hold them up. I feel like I'm so tired. I just imagine a skeleton with sunglasses on. I'm so happy. Like, but then I, 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 so glad that you brought up like catastrophizing because absolutely and i feel like the key the absolute key from 2016 uh, still at rogers 2016 2017 to my 20 mid-year 2018 budget is by then i was eating sleeping breathing cognitive air and dbt work and so i knew in my head of being able to to challenge some of these moments right and i knew when i came here i said my non-negotiable is i want to get my nails done and if that means that while i'm in this pilgrim budget because that's going to be my thing i will cut out going out i will cut out eating out and i can did. do all of those things i want to get my nails done still and she was like okay we can make it work and i said and if i need to work an extra day at wells brothers i absolutely will and she was like okay and she knows my work ethic so she knew that i would be good for it that i, w- I would be there if i absolutely like could figure it out or needed to so that i feel it like, was such a huge difference is like one you have to be ready but also have the mindset of like like being able to understand that this catastrophizing or black and white thinking isn't going to be helpful. It's not that you will never be able to get sunglasses, but also realistically look at, do you fucking need them? Do you need them? Like, is that effective to buy another pair of fucking sunglasses when you have 10? Do the other 10 work? If they don't, then this is also still just a really great moment of, why are you holding on to 10 broken pairs of sunglasses? Like, go through that shit then. Like, what do you, like, (laughs) so there's, it's like a twofer. It works both ways, but it was that, I will say that that was so imperative is being able to have done that and still continued like it's not like I stopped doing that work but continued to do that mindset work but then also to the honesty part and having someone to be accountable to and having somebody who I knew who was in my corner who was going to support me and who wasn't going to placate me like I knew that if I went to her and I there was a couple moments in 28 the 2018 start of that budget until obviously still now budgeting but I, I don't message stuff every time that I need to do something. So that's, now, that's probably, if, it's probably helpful for her now that I'm not like, should I get this? What should I do? And she's like, <laughs> she's like, Mari, it's fucking 10 p.m. at night. I don't like to go to bed. And I'm like, but what do you think? What do you think I should do? Like, so now I can make my own decisions. Um, but sometimes for bigger things, I'm like, is this sensible? Am I doing this because I feel like I want to do this? Like, am I being realistic? So Having that, having that accountability factor and knowing that there wasn't any shame behind it, that this person was going to be unbiased and say like, okay, like, yeah, absolutely. Here's the domino effect of what that might look like though, um, if you're to do this. So I, I, yeah, those being realistic is huge. And then writing everything down of being able to say like plan for those things. Like if you don't put, like you use toilet paper, you have birthday parties, you like you use paper towel or napkins and, or if you like candles or blah, 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 like all of those things, like make it realistic. Cause like, I remember first doing my budget in 2018, she was like, you don't go out to the bar. You don't eat. 
you don't do anything for entertainment. You don't have an entertainment category. And I was like, oh, oh all right. I did not put that down there. And I was like, ah, probably a lot. That's a lot of money in that category. And she was like, well, that's that's disposable. We can take that off. Like that's something that we can get rid of. So that was huge. How the second part of this bigger question is, how does somebody even begin to start to set up a budget? I think it, and again, this is, this is me as a person, not mm-hmm. me as like, there's, there's probably a hundred different ways to do this. Sure. For me, it was put it down in writing, make mm-hmm. a full list and actually in, uh, let's go back to that week example, yeah. take a week and write down everything that you've done that week. Mm-hmm. Went to the bathroom, you slept, mm-hmm. you made dinner, you went out to eat, you bought gas, you had to pay your car insurance, like all, not your car insurance, but like all the weekly yeah. stuff that you would do, write mm-hmm. it down, you watch Netflix, and actually look at it, what are you paying for, what are you paying for it, and is it a non-negotiable, is mm-hmm. it, is it somewhere you can live, is it somewhere you can eat, is it somewhere you can drink, and is it somewhere you can work? Mm-hmm. Because if it's not, if you came down to it, you could choose to omit it for a little while. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. You could, not not saying that you should. I'm just saying like, sure. it, 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 like ne- let's use Netflix for an example, is that Netflix is a bigger bill than you would think because it's mm-hmm. not only just Netflix, it's either your cell phone bill to play Netflix on or an internet subscription to play it on your TV or your computer at home. Sure. So you so you actually are paying not just 10 bucks for Netflix, you're actually paying like 65 for the internet plus Netflix, mm-hmm. which again is not a bad thing. Like me, I work from home, so I have to have internet. Correct. Yeah. So for so like for me, that's a non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. So the add-on of Netflix is not that much more for me than it would be for someone that does not work from home and is really struggling on immediate debt that they have to pay off or um, not being able to pay their rent and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think a list, like just being very realistic with yourself for a full week, just write down everything. From there, then try to think about, okay, what do I spend on that in a month? And then you need to split it up between what do I have to pay mm-hmm. and what am I choosing to pay? Because mm-hmm. that's the that's like a very big difference. And I think what made Mari so successful besides she is a very hard worker and she is very, when she decides that she wants to be committed to something, yeah. she's fully committed. 100% is having someone that you can be accountable to mm-hmm. that you can be vulnerable with. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Because like I said, Mari, me and Mari tried this two or three times before the pilgrim budget became a thing mm-hmm. because it was, she didn't want to have to be the, that honest to me mm-hmm. in the beginning, yeah. which depending on what your situation is, you have to be honest. Absolutely. Yeah. If you're starting off and you have nothing, like you're 18 years old, you're about to move out of mom and dad's house. Look at what your fixed expenses are. What are you making for income or what are you getting for income? What are your absolute bills, your rent, your food, your all of that? And then try to stick to that, but also work in a savings account to that as well for unexpected expenditures that are going to happen. Mm -hmm. Because not everyone... I personally think that everyone should have a budget regardless of their current financial standing. I just oh, yeah. Everyone should have it. How you want to set it up is up to you, but to make your money work for you as well, instead mm-hmm. of you're working for your money to try yes. and survive. 
Absolutely. And if you're not working at a budget or setting a budget, you have no idea where there can be extras put towards like, um, like <laughs> end of life, like care and shit. Like you're like, my goal is not to work until I'm fucking 80. So I need to be aware of what I'm spending now and how I can start allocating some of those funds to the shit that is going to start coming back to me at 60, 65, whatever the fuck, whenever my retirement accounts are like you can touch them without the IRS beating you to death um, but but like that that is so 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 important and I will say that too is is like again with the cognitive error work those couple times that we tried it before I was so deep in shame of like well because I can't budget I'm a shitty person and I don't think that those were like actual conscious thoughts I was telling myself but subconsciously absolutely I have two hard ass working parents. How do I not have more to show for this? I know how to fucking work. I'm a great worker. How can I not do this? And then it would just be that shame spray of being like, you felt, and like, that was the other beautiful thing. The first day that we sat down, she was like, you have enough money, Mari. You're just not allocating it correctly. That's it. Like we, you, you're not aware of what's coming in and when it's coming in. And that's the problem. And I was like, oh, so it's not because I'm a fucking piece of shit dirt bag. Like, because you get so in your head about those mm-hmm. things and without putting it on paper, which is imperative too for cognitive errors, without putting it on paper, you don't see the difference. I do but, tell a lot of, oh, go ahead. I was just no, going to say, I have, I have two things. Sorry. No, go right ahead. Who's going? I, was say, I have two things. One is a statement and one is a question. So the statement is, I think there's a beautiful dichotomy between what Mari and I do as therapists and what you're explaining about finances. Yes. They're the same thing. Yes. When you come to me with a goal, I want you to be realistic of what you want to work on. Yes. Don't tell yes. me what I want to hear. That's not helpful. Yes. Show up in vulnerability with somebody that you trust. Right. So there's just so it's like a beautiful melding of the two. And I love yes. that. Um, but the other thing I was going to ask is when somebody is trying to build a savings account, is there a, like a good guideline of like put X amount of dollars from your paycheck in, or is it really just dependent on each person? Because obviously we all make money differently. Yeah. I personally think it's dependent on each person because everyone does make money differently and their bills are all coming out at different points in time. But even if you can start off with $5 a month, $5 a paycheck, start somewhere. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. start somewhere. After you start allocating that $5, see how that does with your budget for the month and then do 10, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. 25, then okay. go up, start small. I always suggest that unless like you're starting off and you already are like, oh, I am in a great position. Everything's good. I can throw a thousand dollars in there. Sure. I don't even do that. That's not realistic, but I don't make that much money. I wish, but I don't. Right. I wouldn't be on this podcast. I'd be too cool for that. No. I would literally be in Greece. I was gonna say I would be in Bali on the beach. So right. But just starting somewhere too. And so that you have that fallback, even if it's fifty dollars and you realize that you forgot to budget for gas. Yes at least it's there and just starting it too because it does once you hit certain levels of your savings account you're like oh my god I did that yes and it's exciting and you're so proud and it's like a dopamine hit of like I'm putting fucking more in there because this is great exactly the only the only caveat to that is don't forget that your savings is meant to be spent when it needs to be spent so yes. once, once you hit those bigger dollar amounts, 500,000, 2,000, 10,000, things like that, you don't want to spend that money because you're like, no, 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 no. I worked yes. hard 
to get that in there. It's like, yeah, you worked hard to get that in there to give you a little cushion in case you fall. Like that's yes. the whole point. That's a yes. hard, that's a hard one for me to ch- not, it's not impossible, but I'm learning to no. challenge that as like, I mm-hmm. put that in there for a reason and it's okay for me to use it because I'm going to exactly. put it back when I can. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Because the, if you're not going to stop saving, that's the whole point is that's going to be a continual account. Even if yep. you pull it out and you invest it, even if you pull it out for a non-essential purchase, things yeah. like that. The whole point of having it there is so that you are taking control of your financial situation mm-hmm. there. But the thing that I was going to interject before was actually a compliment for both of you guys. I don't, you guys aren't on the same side of my screen, so that probably doesn't make any sense, like where I'm pointing at, but Mari's below me and Stephanie's besides me, but, <laughs> but no, um, when you get into the financial situation that you two seem to have, and it, there's mm-hmm. absolutely no judgment, no whatever, you both had to come to Jesus, come to Allah, come to mm-hmm. the sky, whoever, moment. whatever, exactly. You both had both of those in a bad way and a good way. Correct. Mm-hmm. And look at where both of you are. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. If you, either yes. of you didn't have that moment, both of them, both the bad moment and yep. the good moment, both of you would not be as successful as you are. Correct. I, I truly believe that. And I think that people are very afraid of both the failure and success Absolutely. of those feelings. And I feel like that is a stigma that like, you're just supposed to be good with money. It's like, yep. no, yeah, it's not. yes that's not how that goes. Like sometimes you need to, you need to fall, get back up and then flourish again. So it's just to remind the viewers, it's okay to fail. Literally like you're like people view failure as this absolute. It is not an absolute. It is a lesson. You are learning what works for you and what doesn't. That's what science is about. That's what life is about. That's, that is literally every, anybody Anybody who has made it in life has had these ebbs and flows, not even like, sure, we can call it failure, but like failure is showing that you are actually, you have skin in the game. Like you're trying, like you're not going to look at a fucking baby who's learning to walk and when it falls over, be like, you idiot, fucking you dumbass baby, dumb, you dumb baby. You can't yes. walk. <laughs> you <laughs> yes, you're crawling forever. All right. <laughs> Way to go. Way to embarrass me. Like, no. Don't even try. So why are you saying that to yourself? Yes. Why are you doing that to yourself? I think the, the, like, looking at this point of my, of my budget, I started with one savings account. And I think we started either with 25 or 50, me putting it in. Mm -hmm. And I viewed my putting my savings away as a bill. You have to view it Mm -hmm. as a bill. It's a non-negotiable. Otherwise, it will be viewed as expendable. It's not expendable. Your Netflix account, your fucking, like, getting your nails done, getting your hair done, any of those things, all of that, yeah, gym membership, all that shit is, can be thrown the fuck away, okay? You can't throw your savings away. I went from 50 bucks a month, and now my budget, I was just looking as you guys were talking, $1,600 a month as savings, non-negotiable. And that doesn't mean, see, yes, that doesn't mean that I'm just $1,600 salad is going away in savings. And I'm like, I just got like 50 grand in savings. No, half of that is my fucking IRS tax estimates because of having a business and not, not having an employer taking out um, taxes and stuff. And the government is the government. And they're like, you're doing great. I'm, I need more. (laughs) Give me more. (laughs) So, so none of that is like really personal. 
some of it is personal. The 600, it was like 700 is going personally to me, but like none of that other stuff is, but like I had the ability to do that now. And it started from saying, okay, $25 or $50 is going to me. Like it, it has to start somewhere and you can't just be like, Oh, well, I'm, I'll start when, when I'm ready or when I have more money to do so mm-hmm. you will never have enough money to do so. You will not get to that point until you've been budgeting for like two to three years to be like, oh, I have enough money to do now X, Y, Z with it. So it's so like, that's the other thing. It is so important to understand that it is a non-negotiable. It's a bill. Like you have to treat it as such. The nice thing is, is when you get into these moments of life that are unpredictable, you, you can validate for yourself that you, you've done this right? These past nine months, Jeffrey has not been working. His semi has been broken. He has not had a job. That man has had enough savings to carry himself from now. And he could probably go another six, seven months before it really became detrimental to to be able to do that for himself. Mm -hmm. And I have been able, because of my saving and my budget to say, don't give me half of what we, you know, split for bills, like just do you and let's make sure that we're okay. And I've been able to carry the load like that. And we've still done so many things too. That's the other thing. Like we've went camping, we've went out to eat, we've had dates, we just went to a concert. Like, so those, like, that's what I'm saying. Like being able to do this is it's so important because it affords you like that, that moment to have that gratitude for yourself and give yourself that praise of like, look what you've been doing. And I'm not going to say that I'm operating with no credit card budget. I'm not saying that. I definitely have a credit card bill right now. It's probably like $1,500, but I have the savings to cover it. And I know exactly what is on that credit card. I know what I put on there and the real purpose or reasoning as to why I put it on there. And it's not just this willy nilly, like, I'm going to do whatever I want. Like, you know, I put Sophia's braces on there because (laughs) that I don't need to see that reoccurring payment come out of my fucking checking account assholes. And also I get points for the institution that I'm at. So like, I like to be able to stack up all my points and get discounts but like I'm I'm aware it's not just this blind like how the fuck did how did it get to be this it's very calculated so that's the other thing um what I was gonna say too Mar is I feel like your 2018 budget not only taught you about money but Mm -hmm. I also feel like it forced you to implement boundaries with other people because you're like don't ask me to go out to yes to drink to do anything because I'm not going and then you kind of saw like Oh, that's all you want to do is like go out with me. Okay, mm-hmm. well, mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. talk to you later then. <laughs> and and the beautiful thing too is, is like if you think I'm so fucking fun, you can pay for me to come out with you. Sure. A couple of times they did. A couple of times these people <laughs> did. And hey, <laughs> no skin off my back because you wanted me to be here. I will. I will be the fucking circus act that you need me to be to be able to like. If this shit's free, hell yeah, I will. I will act up. <laughs> act the fuck up (laughs) you want to give me a white clock done (laughs) like right but like I was I was adamant I was adamant and the reason I called my pilgrim bunch a little backstory is because I was like I'm gonna be living like I am a fucking pilgrim I am going to learn to do everything with a bare minimum amount I'm I'm going to no I literally oh my god I was so happy I lived a 
alone to. I was like, don't fucking turn the lights on. Who can pick me up? I can't tell you how many times I walked to the fucking gym when I was going to the gym because the gym was right by my house. I was like, I don't need to get in the car. That's fucking dumb. Like, walk, bitch. And I was like, and it's healthier for you. Look at this is a twofer. You got a BOGO. <laughs> like, hell yeah. It, it absolutely helped me implement boundaries with people and also be able like priorities. Yep. Like that is also the time where it was like, bitch, stay home. You have a fucking kid. And I'm not yeah. saying that I needed we to also govern tanning or go to Target. Or yes. Go to uh, I was like, doing. well, I also don't need to be getting ice cream every day on my lunch break. Like, I also don't need to do that. Like that was, a, that, that was really not helpful for my, like my for fitness anything. goals. Fitness goals, like my stomach in general, because this was always fucked up and just also like life in general. But like, I will say that, like, it also taught me to be a better mother, not in the sense that if you have a kid, you have to fucking stay home. But again, I viewed priorities. What can I do that's fucking free Mm -hmm. with my kid? We can go to the fucking park. Again, Bogo, we can walk to the park because it's close to the house and we can go there. This is free entertainment. She's going to get exhausted. I'm getting a workout like it. So many things came from having a budget. There was this giant ripple effect that I had no idea was even going to happen. And I am forever, forever fucking grateful for it. And for the things that it's afforded me to be able to do, mm-hmm. I will I will always be grateful for it. And for your help, Steph, always. For literally until my last breath, I'll probably be like, oh, thank God. Thank God I did a budget with Steph. <laughs> hey, thank you God. did the work. You did the work, you made the commitment. It was just some of my knowledge that was able to help. And that's, that's- <laughs> Girl, crazy. back up all your knowledge because I didn't know a damn thing, okay? Let's, let's start there. <laughs> but um, one thing I did want to touch on too is that yeah. not all debt is bad debt. Sure. So please do not take that away from yes. this conversation either is the- a credit score having credit is a very double-edged sword Mm -hmm. is to build it. You have to have credit, sure, but you just need to be smart with that. You want to have revolving lines of credit. You want to be able to have that financial power when it comes to your credit and your credit score. It's just use it wisely. So Mm -hmm. please don't misunderstand the kind of topics of this conversation as that have debt that is not the the end all be all here if that works best for you and that's what you need absolutely yeah but if you can do it wisely mm-hmm. as a financial side of it like a financial institution employee kind mm-hmm. of person I've had plenty of people that were in their 50s or 60s that did and I'm I, the Gordon Ramsay method Oh God, Jeff was on that for a while. And I was like, if you don't fuck, that's not even fucking realistic. And again, this is me as a person, not me speaking for anyone else. Right. I've had people in their 50s, 60s that are coming through asking for a vehicle loan that have paid for everything in cash their entire life. So I have to treat them like they're 18 because they have no credit. And it gets, I get, that is probably the most complaints that I get is that I'm like, I, I understand where you're at. And yes, you've, been a uh, member, a constituent mm-hmm. of this financial institution for many, many years, mm-hmm. but you have a zero credit score. You have no proof to me that you can pay this back. You can make payments, mm-hmm. yeah. Exactly. And so that's very integral too, is you need to make sure that you are understanding the results of your actions. Because so what would you, be considered good debt? 
Good debt would be a revolving credit card that you spend okay. less than 30% of its limit. So a $300 credit card, don't spend over a hundred bucks on it. Get gas. Get, I was just going to say, so you like get gas on it or something. Yeah. Get mm-hmm. gas, get coffee, whatever, mm-hmm. and then pay it off in full every month again. But the other part about it is that I love revolving debt when it's used, man- like when it's managed very well, I always suggest to do five credit cards or less total mm-hmm. store cards, independent mm-hmm. cards, overall cards, just never go over five. Like we mm-hmm. see people upwards of 50 lines of credit just for literally like oh legit, God. like where I have to keep scrolling and I'm like, oh my, okay. Like, so I was like, I'm how much further (laughs) and it's it's easier to keep track of but it's also that's what's there for you in the case of emergencies i i think sefio talked about popping a tire earlier Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. pop a tire you forgot to budget for it you don't want to you you just spent all your savings on a you know something or other your taxes for your business or whatever and you pop a tire you have the credit card for a reason Mm -hmm. That is supposed to be there to help you in the event that that happens. But the best rule of thumb is if you don't think you can pay it off at the end of the month, try not to use it, except in emergency circumstances. And I personally, when I first started getting credit cards is I would keep, (laughs) this was back in the day, like this is like 14 years ago where my cell phone was not as pretty as it is now. Mm -hmm. Like it was just barely past a flip phone. So I had a little (laughs) notepad that I would write down what I was spending my money on so that mm-hmm. I knew when I was working, I have to have at least this much to pay my credit card. Okay. But what I what I didn't know back then, and this is a very big thing that is a huge misconception. You got a $300 credit card. You're like, hey, I'm gonna spend the entire balance of that credit card and then mm-hmm. I'm gonna pay it off in full because that's gonna show how responsible I am. Don't mm-hmm. do that. Really? Stop it. Don't yeah. do that. Uh, at the credit bureaus have a field day with that. They want to see you spending less than 30% of that balance. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yes. So that's the issue that I had when I first got credit. See, not every, no, I'm not perfect by any means folks. I am Mm -hmm. not, but I would spend, I had a $300 limit credit card that someone from the restaurant that me and Mari had worked on had helped me get. And I would rack up the full 300, pay it back in full. And I was like, oh my God, I have the best credit. <laughs> I'm ever. doing I it. Tell you, I feel like that's what people tell you to do is like, just pay it off right away. Yeah. You, sh- you should pay it off right away. Except that it, this is the other part of it. It's, it's a weird, it's a weird cycle. Yeah. yeah. It is, and this is a lot of what I've learned just from looking at credit reports on a daily basis is that the financial institution that you have your credit card through reports about once a month to the okay. credit bureaus. If you pay off the credit card too soon on your credit report, it's going to reflect as if you never had a balance on it. But if you pay it off, if you rack up the full balance and then it reports to the credit bureau at that moment, now all of a sudden it shows that you max out your credit cards. Mm -hmm. So so that's where that 30% comes into. Again, use the, the whole point of having them is for emergencies. If you need to rack it all the way up, you need to rack it all the way up. That's Mm -hmm. sometimes that's just what happens. But if you can keep it at 30% or less, that's actually going to build you a very strong credit score. And it's actually going to help with um, getting eventual increases on them without applying for them. 
So I have a question. And if you can't answer yeah. this, please feel free to tell me you can't answer yeah. this. Somebody that I know who also filed bankruptcy recommended that I do this eventually. She's like, so I filed bankruptcy. She was married, blah, blah, blah. She goes after like a year or two, I went to my bank and I said, I filed bankruptcy two years ago. I want to build up my credit. Can I get a small credit card through you? Like, is that possible? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Every institution has different rules and regulations sure. about it. Um, so what I personally suggest is if you've, if you've completed it and I think you had said 2021, you had completed mm -hmm. it. Have you opened any lines of credit sets? I have not tried to. The only thing I tried okay. to do was apply for like afterpay and they're like, sorry, you got denied. And I was like, fuck off. Like <laughs> it's afterpay for like 50 bucks. <laughs> like what? No, I haven't tried to do anything. Um, what I would suggest is now that it's been almost a year since then is applying for a $500, $300 line of credit through your financial institution and looking at it that way. Okay. Um, that's a nice way to slowly build back up credit, but to make sure that you're being again, realistic with sure. it. And I think mm -hmm. that I personally, we get a lot of people that are six months, eight months post bankruptcy that are looking for $10,000 credit cards. And I'm like, <laughs> no. That's I would not... literally only trust myself with like two to 300 and that I yeah. feel like is even, that makes like, like I have heart palpitations just thinking about and, it. Cause like, and mm -hmm. that, that is a really it, like, this sounds really bad, but that's a good feeling to sure. have. Yeah. Um, <laughs> trust that yes. feeling, Yes. but you can also do what's called a secured credit card where you have the funds in your account that you're using like collateral against the card okay. so that it reports differently on your credit, but then for you, in the event that you're like, oh my God, I can't do this, you already know that you have the money in your account to cover it in the case of emergency. Mm -hmm. Don't, don't, don't do that. Okay. Right. Yeah. Literally do that. Don't. But if that makes you feel more comfortable with rebuilding, that's also a way to go. But I personally just suggest a not secured small limit credit card calculate in your head or the calculator or whatever what 30 percent of that limit is and that's all you spend on that card okay yeah and that's a really good way to rebuild and the slower that you do it especially after a bankruptcy the more responsible you're going to look in the eyes of a creditor okay yeah good to know this was very this is informative. So <laughs> I love this. It's so good. That's why I like, that's why I've been saying series, financial series, because we, <laughs> it, there's so much to cover. And I think yeah. just a good understanding. And I would love to, to pull um, our listeners and like get questions that they might have and just kind of do a Q and A too with Steph and she'll answer what she can answer. If she can't answer it, she'll just say she can't answer it. Um, and maybe we could figure out a way to direct it, but Ultimately, I was like, let's just first break into that you should have a budget. That's not a cognitive error. You should like mm -hmm. it's it helps you learn how to be able to function with what's coming in, what's going out and just makes you more informed of like what's going on, like what your mom is trying to do, like be informed, like be in with that information then comes power of feeling, you know, OK, I have this control. I have this understanding and I can move forward with it. Mm -hmm. So. Any last thing, stuff that you want to say? Um, the oh, the only other pitfall, and I don't want to put him on blast, but my dad. <laughs> my dad. <laughs> love you. <laughs> I love my dad very, very much, and yes. he is a wonderfully hard worker, and he's yes. quite an amazing guy. The only thing that me and my mom had ever talked about was that my dad was such a good, hard worker. Very, he earned really, really good money. He fell into the pitfall of I make good money, I can spend good money and do whatever I want with it. Yep. Yeah. 
that is a very big pitfall, which is tying back into why a budget is so important, Mm -hmm. because then you can see how much money are you actually making versus how much money you're actually spending. Because yeah, Mm -hmm. you can make a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars, million dollars, whatever. Sure. But spending one point two million dollars, that's not. (laughs) Right. Right. And like just even looking at that, too, like, yeah, he makes great money, but also you're one of four. Like, yep. It just takes a lot to feed for people, let alone their own wants and needs and interests and things like that. Exactly. And where the savings account would have come very handy is my mom had a bunch of medical issues that happened Mm -hmm. about 16 years ago that prevented her from working again. Sure. Mm -hmm. So they never budgeted for that to go from a dual income household to Mm -hmm. a single income household with, granted at that time, it was just me and my brother under the roof, but my, Mm -hmm. my brother is, um, he's got some, uh, mental capacity issues, Mm -hmm. mentally ill, um, where he will live with my parents forever. And so they had kind of had cognitive thought about that, but they never thought about themselves Mm -hmm. having issues. And that was just, I I just want to be realistic with everyone too, is that, yeah, you might make great money and this might be like, oh, this is the dumbest thing to talk about as a budget. Like I know what I make. Be realistic with what you actually make net too, because yes, like, yeah, great. You make a million dollars as gross. How much do you take out for deduction? Sure. Is is it enough or is it too much or whatever that if something happened in your lifestyle, could you still afford it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, that's my last point. I just no, no, sorry. That is so, yeah. that's so important for people to know. Like, oh, well, you know, my offer letter said this. I signed for this much. That is not what's coming home. Mm-hmm. That is not what's coming home. And also, just another really good tip: do not fucking count on money you don't have. Mm-hmm. Do not count or spend money that you don't have in your hand. Oh, well, I'm gonna get this. Are you? You have no idea what's gonna happen. You have no idea. That's no why I idea. don't count like the next week's sessions as my income Ever. because anybody could cancel, right? Like That's I don't have very control smart. over it. Yep. So very, very smart. Well, it's also the two, like I'm, again, I can't say where I work, but I have encountered many uh, members slash constituent that have had fraud on their account where yeah. all of their money, if they keep all of their money in their checking account, which don't yeah. do that, don't Never. keep all your money in checking account, uh, keep it in your savings, don't do yep. that. Um, where they have fraud and all of the money in their account all of a sudden is either gone or frozen. Mm -hmm. And it can take sometimes a couple weeks for that to get rectified. And that is not fun. Like, and that can happen to anyone. These these scammers out there can guess your card number. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I, and I work for a financial, that's happened to me three times. Mm -hmm. I got hacked from Target once. Yeah, like the it's whole right. target system got hacked, and I was like, "Wait, where's fourteen hundred dollars in my money? What happened?" Yeah, mm-hmm. it's great, isn't it? It oh makes you feel God. real sick. Like, and <laughs> I'm not safe trying to say <laughs> I don't want to say this to scare people. I want you to be safe and secure sure. with where you're at. But there, there are a million different things that can happen, and especially a lot of people fall into the young mindset of, "Oh, nothing's going to happen to me. Mm-hmm. My account's not going to get hacked. I'm mm-hmm. not going to have any medical yep. issues. My dog isn't going to need to go to the vet." my child doesn't need to get the ER bill. Like it doesn't need to have the ambulance bill. Like things happen. Correct. Things happen. And I'm so glad you said that. I'm going to try and stop preaching now. (laughs) No, no, no. Cause I'm going to, I'm going to say one thing that I will die on this hill. Please stop buying animals. You cannot 
fucking mentally and financially afford. Stop it. Stop it. I was speaking to myself back in 2013, Mari, but also I've stopped now. I'm speaking to you, the listener. I can't tell you how many fucking clients were like, so I got a, a pandemic puppy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. So you were already stressed the fuck out. You already couldn't manage your kid working from or doing school from home, which I get. I'm not, mm-hmm. there's no shade, no tea there. I couldn't either. Mm-hmm. I'm not a teacher, but you thought, you know what? You know what's going to fix this? A dog, an infant, a, a, a cat. An infant. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, and like, and here's the thing. I'm not, I'm not going to budget for the fact that this, this animal will get sick. Will. Cause they're will stupid. have to get shots. They, will they, have to go to the yeah, vet They're stupid. They're going to eat something that they shouldn't eat. They're going to do some shit they shouldn't do. Or, and, or you'll get like my situation, got a purebred, like pedigree animal who then came with, after we got them tested, 19 different allergies and needed daily allergy shots. So even when you think you're doing the right thing, can you physically, reasonably, financially, emotionally afford that? I'm not saying you can't have animals out here. Please understand that. I'm not saying you can't have animals. I'm saying you need to, in in life, in anything, if you want something, you need to live as if you have that thing, object, whatever it is, for a couple months, because that will build the savings that you need to realistically afford that thing, whatever that it is, and then you can have it. So I tell like when we were talking about, you know, younger kids who are starting out with a new budget, even talking to them, you want to move out, act as if you have an apartment then for a few months, mm, yep. take that money, put it aside, put it in a savings account, act like, act like you've got some sense of like, okay, I got to pay my own groceries. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do, you know, get your budget out there. If you can't do that, that's okay, but know that you can't be out there and you're not going to fall then. Like you're, you're delaying a little bit of time and being able to build up that savings before you actually like need to go do that. Yep. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And, and this also goes to, I am not perfect by any means. I moved out by myself, like not living with a significant other or anything for the first time this year, mm-hmm. like not living with family, not living with a uh, significant other or whatever. Mm-hmm. It costs $3,000 to get everything that I needed for my house. Disgusting. Yes. Like, and I'm like, huh, how do 19 year olds do this? And, they, I, don't. And, I, and I don't have great, like magnificent things. Please sure. do not like think that I'm not bougie. Like, I think I have one expenditure in here. That's like, that I was like, yeah, I'll pay the price tag for that one. Mm-hmm. But yes. like everything else is very minimal because I'm just, I'm cheap. That's just who I am as a person. Yes. But like afterwards I was just like, oh my God, I Dude. so much money. And like, oh. and for me, even like you guys, I do this as a living and like, I, yes. like I grew up this way. It was even a shock to me. Granted every, like a lot of other people are going to fall into this category where it was a very unexpected yeah. chain mm-hmm. of events. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That sometimes you can't predict these things and that sometimes it's going to happen. But if you're making a choice to do that, please listen to Maureen. Yes. Mm -hmm. God. (laughs) Yes. I can't wait to do another episode. (laughs) (laughs) Because we're gonna. Everyone is going to be so financially responsible. 
You can find us at Rewriting Her Story Podcast on Instagram and Gmail. You can find Steph at The Spooky Therapist on Instagram. You can find me at BEA underscore XO11. You cannot find Stephanie. She doesn't have an Instagram, which I love about her. But also, this we brought Stephanie on to talk about her wealth of knowledge about budgeting and things like that, but not to have her inundated with budgeting questions. If you have budgeting questions or want to talk to me a little bit more about it, please send me a DM. I live to speak about budgeting and what it's done for my life and how it's changed my life. Because again, guys, it's not like I had a hundred bucks and I was like, oh my God, I don't know how I'm going to pay off this credit card. But I'm telling you, it was like upwards. I think it was like 8,000 some dollars that it was like, like you have to fucking pay that. Like it was the IRS and my property taxes were the bulk of it. What I can't go to the city. You're seeing and be like, guys, I don't agree with this amount, so I'm just gonna pay a little bit, okay? And the IRS was like, pay it or we'll kill you. Like, like, like now. Like, so please understand, it wasn't like this, like, oh, maybe I won't. I had to. So I love talking about it, I love preaching about it. If you want some help, awesome. Um, I will not be your financial coach. You We're can not financial advisors, guys. Yeah, yeah, I'm not a financial advisor. If you no. want to pay me to be your financial person who, you know, stays with you, I'll fucking do that all day. But know that I'll give you what has helped me. I'll answer some questions, but I won't just consistently be following through with your financial journey. If you don't feel comfortable um, with a financial coach, then a therapist can also help with that of being an accountability factor, right? They're not going to help you set it up, but they can absolutely say, you know, like this is a goal that you had. Let's talk about how you're sticking to that goal. Mm-hmm. So, oh, this is awesome. I love you so much. I love you so much. Thank you for your time on a Sunday morning because there's so many better things to be doing on a Sunday morning. I could sleep. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sleeping. <laughs> if you guys have any questions, concerns, comments, let us know. Otherwise, we'll see you next time. <laughs>